Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, let's get into it today. We've been talking the last several weeks about vision around here. And uh, have you enjoyed this? Praise God. I believe you have. Trust you have. You know, this is important uh, for us. And just to kind of give a little bit of a... Uh, just catching people up to speed. Maybe this is your first time, and we've had some folks that are relatively new to the church even in the last few weeks. Uh, Pastor Amy and I, uh, of course, I grew up here, and uh, my parents, Edwin and Angela Anderson, uh, were the founding pastors back then called Faith Christian Fellowship. And uh, we started off in, in Fort White, and we're at the Women's Club here in High Springs for a while. Then had the, we bought the old, uh, the initial First Baptist Church downtown High Springs, and uh, it was God just blessed us and we moved in. I think we had like 80 people people and we bought that and we paid it off in less than a year. God just really blessed us. And, and the, the Baptist church made us a deal. If you can pay this off in a year, we'll make you a special price. They didn't think we could do it. They were upset and we walked in with the last check. So uh, we paid it off early and God has blessed us. And we moved out here in 2000, but my parents started the church back in, uh, in 1980. And so they've been the senior pastors here, did a wonderful job. We're all a result of, of their faithfulness. And uh, I'm definitely a, a product of their faithfulness. And so for all these years they've served and as senior pastors here at the church, well, about six weeks ago, they uh, stepped down as senior pastors. They're now traveling and going to be doing more traveling. They've got meetings booked up and, and meetings coming in. So be believing God with them. You know, they have a voice and things that they need to minister. So we're in agreement with them. So meetings are happening and coming together, but uh, they've taken a few weeks off. I think they're going to be back on Father's Day with us. So we'll make sure we'll, we'll do a big welcome for them when they're here. Um, but uh, 43 years there, the pastors and Pastor Amy and I took over in uh, the end of April. So we've just been loving it. It's been fun. And uh, we're excited for what God has for us. And so uh, in the last, these last few weeks, we've just been covering some foundational things for our church, just kind of getting our direction set and our, our kind of getting our pace set and, and what we're going to be doing and the direction that we're going. So this has been important for us. So we started talking off about the value of vision. And I want to read the scripture to you, just a quick uh, uh, Catching everybody up to speed, maybe you've not been here. Or, and it's all, even if you have, it's good to hear these, these scriptures. You know, there's more life, there's more light and understanding in, in, in a scripture. And no matter how many times you read it, God can still speak to you about it. But Ephesians chapter 2, the 10th verse, it says, For we, now this is talking about us individually and collectively. It applies to both. It says, For we are his workmanship, capital H, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. When I read that scripture, it it excites me every time I read it. I am God's workmanship. I'm his own handiwork. I love that. I am am his, his special creation. So are you, and that's individually and as a body. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. There's a purpose behind it. There's a purpose for our lives. There's a purpose for our church. There's things that God wants to do. Created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should walk in them. And so he expects us to walk in these things. And when he expects us to, we know we can. No matter what it is, what the Lord says you can do or I want you to do or you need to do or whatever it is, instructs us to do in his word. If he gives us the command, 
We have the supply to do it. We've got the ability to do it. We have, there, the grace is available to do it. We just have to believe it, tap into it, and rely on it. He'll see us through no matter what. And so we talked about the fact, just starting off, that vision is such an important thing. And I, I wanted to approach this from a, a personal level and move to the church. But it's important that every individual realizes that God has a plan for their life yeah. and that they get vision for their life. And yeah. vision just simply, uh, we, we read the scripture, you can put it up in uh, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. This is in the King James, Jack. It says, where there is no vision, and I think the margin of the New King, Job, New King James Bible says prophetic vision. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but happy, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. He that keepeth the law, what are you talking about? Well, the instructions of the Lord, the, the guidance of the Lord, the vision that he has. It says, so where there isn't any vision, people, people, people perish. And so you need to know that God has a plan for you. He has a vision for your life. And everybody has it. Life is more than just, you know, eat, sleep, rinse, and repeat. Right? It's more than just get up, you know, do, go throughout your day, go to work, do all. And all those things are wonderful. But many times people get into a habit of just basically a rinse and repeat lifestyle. And, and, and it's one thing if you're rinsing and repeating in the plan of God. That, that's called faithfulness and that's good. But a lot of times people just rinse and repeat just out of just habit and just going through life to the motions. And listen, we have a job to do. We have an assignment. Every person has an assignment. If you're in Christ Jesus, what does that mean? If you've been born again, born anew, if you've been recreated in Christ, you have a God-given purpose and destiny for your life. You need to see it. That word vision in Proverbs actually just means to see. The original Hebrew just meant you need to see it. I like to say it's you need to have an aha moment. Not just be aware of it, but see it. Yeah, it's good to know, Pastor Greg, I have a purpose. We hear those things. You can go to Hobby Lobby and buy the sign, the artwork, and put it on your wall, you know, a vision, good vision. You know, you can do that. You, and and that, that's great. Don't let it be a home decor, right? See what God has for you, right? Sometimes we make ourselves feel good by putting cute things on the wall, right? But not get it in your heart. What God has something for you. You need to see it. Well, what does he have for you? That's not up to me. He has a vision. He created you in Christ Jesus. For you, you ought to be glad Pastor Greg did not create you, right? I mean, that, that would. If you, I've tried to build birdhouses and things. There, there, you, you don't want that. So anyway, no. You're created in Christ Jesus for good works. So you need to see this for yourself. And it's such an important thing. So we've been talking about that. I had the Anderson uh, expanded edition we read last week. And I'll read it again. Of course, while I was talking, Brother Steve reminded me of another expanded definition, uh, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, And this, I got this, most of this from my dad. He said, where there is no vision, no revelation of the plan and purpose of God, the people break loose, throw off restraint, become unbridled, then they become demoralized, unruly, begin to run wild, they are naked, stumbling all over themselves. Steve added this last week, they run into door jams, if you weren't here, go back and listen to it, and cease doing anything productive for God. And so you can see the value of vision, how important that is. When your vision is not in your life, those were a combination of different translations. When there is no vision, you vision in your life, these things begin to happen. But happy is he who keeps the law. I love the Amplified. It says, but he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, we have to obey the laws here too, right? It says, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable. 
I, I, the, the Amplified Bible is one of my favorites. I, I always read out the New King James, but I always hit up the, the Amplified, the New Living. There's several that I go back to, but the Amplified, I, they put in there to be envied oftentimes. And I love that. You are to be envied. Everybody say envied. We think a lot of times that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. Our lives, we should be enviable. Our life with God should be enviable. Amen. So that's what happens when we're doing that. So then we talked about vision brings something. It provides something. A lot of times people think where, and there's a saying where God calls, he provides, where he guides, he provides. I guess that's the saying. It rhymes better than calls, provides, guides, provides. So where God guides, he provides. Where there's vision, he'll provide resources and those things. That's true. Anytime the Lord asks you to do something, he'll always have the means by which to do it. Say, well, that's not, it doesn't look like that. You, we don't live by what we see. We live by faith. What is that? We trust the word of God, right? We trust what he has told us. And so where he guides us, he'll always provide the things that we need. Impact Family Church will always have what we need. You will always have what you need in life if you're following that vision, that plan. Now, you do your own thing, then you can provide it. There's, there's an, there, we didn't talk about that. There's another, another level. Last week I talked about need. You need to see this, right? And we talked about the boxing glove. Like if you get out of line, somebody might pop you. You know, you need to back off, right? Yeah. Then we talk about need like time. Like you, you, time's ticking. You need to get, to get a hold of this. And we also talk about need. It's so good. Well, there's also another need. You need this because if you don't, you do it your way, then you can provide for yourself. <laughs> no bueno. Okay, that is not good. And I know people like to think they're self-made men, self-made women, but you remove the grace of God from somebody's life, you're looking at a hot mess right there. And I want no part of that. So, so we want to make sure that we're following that, following those things. So vision does provide resources and those things, but it also provides something more important. It provides direction. It sets boundaries, right? And it establishes priorities in your life. When you are, when you see the plan of God for your life. When you see these things, if you show me a person, a believer, who's not living a life that's sold out for Jesus, I can show you a believer or a Christian that doesn't see who they are in Christ and what God has for them. When you see it, it motivates you, right? When you see it, it motivates you. When opposition comes, it, it, it motivates you. It provides direction, boundaries. It, when, when good times come, it, it establishes guidelines, boundaries, it, all of those things. Why? That's what vision does for us. And so it's such an important thing. It also provides stability. When, not if, but when, everybody say when. When When difficult seasons come. Anybody ever experienced a difficult season before, right? You only feel hopeless if you have lost sight of where you're going, right? And not just what you're doing. If it's based on you, then you can lose focus. You can lose, you can lose heart. But if you know God has called you, And God has sent you to do something. When you see that, even in the most difficult times, you realize this this is a temporary thing. He has called me on to something else, and I will walk through this. Psalms 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you guide me. Those things he's providing. He has a purpose for me, right? And so in the midst of those situations, you know you're going to walk through it, right? Well, I don't like that. I don't like being, I don't like going through the valley. Well, you know, when, when, when you're not stressed about it, valleys are great. Mountains are great. When, 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 when you know, when, when, when you are walking with the greater one, I don't care who is, who is coming up against you. You're not worried about it, right? When you were a kid, anybody had a kid, you know, had a kid when you were a kid. I mean, when I was younger, I had an older brother. Who's got any older siblings? I remember we would go places at times and with my brother and, and 
of course, Steve and I were four years apart. And, uh, and so we, we were just at that age where we kind of got on each other's nerves a little bit. But anybody know what I'm talking about? Siblings, you know, when you're close, maybe you're a little better. But we were just old enough to irritate each other. I mainly irritated him, you know. So let's be honest. Who said yeah? All right, watch it. All right, so he's like, hey, man, brother, I see it. So, um, uh, so I mainly irritated him as a little brother. But, you know, my brother, he loved me, and he would watch out for me. I remember there were times where we would go places or be with other groups of kids, you know, and, and something would happen, and, and maybe the situation would turn a little unsettling and something maybe go the wrong direction, and I'm starting to feel threatened. Well, I had my big brother there. I tended to have a much bigger mouth when my brother was there, right? I mean, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Oh, you're going to do what? Okay. And I'd stand next to Steve. What are you going to do? You know, and, and most of the time he saved me. But anyway, um, no, when you know you've got someone bigger with you, you don't sweat opposition. And so vision provides that. You can see where you're going. The God has called you. He's, he's given you the grace to do it. You know he's with you. You can make it through all those things. So vision is such an important thing. Sets priorities, boundaries, all of that. And then we started talking about the fact that you need to have a heavenly vision for your life. And not just a vision in general, but a heavenly vision for your life. We read the scripture in Acts uh, twenty six nineteen. You can put it up on the screen. It says, uh, this was Paul writing here. And he said, uh, Acts twenty six nineteen. He said, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I know we're repeating a lot of this, but this is important. He said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He didn't say I wasn't, I was not disobedient to my vision. He said to the, to the heavenly vision. That means he made a choice. Paul had a vision for his life. We all do. There are things he just wanted. I'm sure the things that Paul did and and even some of the things that Paul experienced were not his first choice, but he had a heavenly vision and that's the thing he was obedient to. He said, I was not disobedient. So every person, there's a heavenly vision for your life and you need to know what that is. And then you have to make a choice to either do it that way, submit to that, or do something else. I would encourage you to submit. Just do what God said. Amen. And so there's a heavenly vision. And, of course, we talked then a little bit about um, uh, what that does for us and what that provides. No, just any old vision won't work. And if you've been born again, you're a, you're a child of God. Your life is not your own. And we said the fact that our heavenly vision is tied to what Jesus is doing. Jesus is busy building his church. Now, this is not just, well, that, you might say, well, that's awful convenient, Pastor. You didn't want to say these things because that helps you out. This is what Jesus is doing. This is what the Lord Jesus himself is doing. We'll look at the scripture in uh, Matthew chapter 16. We won't read the whole passage, but uh, this will be an encouragement to our faith where we're at. Uh, Jesus was talking to Paul, uh, Peter and said, you know, who do men say that I am? And some say this, some say that. And Peter stood up and said, you're, you're Christ, you know, you're the son of God. And Jesus responded to him in, in verse 17, Matthew 16, 17. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Now notice, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. What is this? This is a heavenly vision. Yeah. This is, this was something revealed, not, this is, he didn't pick this up at the water cooler. This wasn't at the local gas station getting the latest gossip. He said, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. He said, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, what I will build my church. Now, some have said that they're building, Jesus meant they're going to build, that he was going to build the church on Peter. That's, that's not what that meant. On the revelation of who he was. Under this, this inside, some say Jesus was just a man, but the Father says, and the Spirit of God would reveal to us that he is the Son of God, right? And so that revelation, on that truth, he said, on this truth, I will build my church. Jesus was looking forward. 
Jesus was casting some vision to his disciples. He said, on this, I will build my church and the gates of hell. Yeah, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't matter. Jesus said, I will build my church, right? We have a choice to either be a part of that or not, right? But I choose to be a part of it because that church that he's building, that is the very thing that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Woo, that's me. I believe that's you today. So we want to find our vision is located or grounded in the vision that God has, what Jesus is doing in the earth, and he's building his church. And we read in Ephesians that he gave gifts unto men and and specific ones. Each one has received a gift, and you are gifted, graced, enabled, empowered by God to accomplish certain things. When each person is fulfilling God's plan, God's vision for their life, and working together, it causes growth of the body. Ephesians chapter 4, you can go back and look at it. So these things are important for us that we get a part of, that we get a, a, a handle of this. You know, with, with anything in life, you do realize it, life is just about decisions. And let's just stop here for a second. Life is just about decisions. God's word is true. His word is, is, is forever settled. God is not changing his mind. He's not, he's not writing amendments to the, to the word of God. He's not coming out with, you know, Matthew chapter, you know, book two, you know, to fix the stuff that I didn't get right the first time. That's not the way this works. And the, and the Bible is very clear about certain things. The Bible is very, very clear about things. And, and life's about choices. We have a choice to make to, in life. And that's our greatest privilege we have is to make a decision. Are we going to choose our own or go with him with what he says? And so with all of this, you know, I'll just, just put it right back in you. This is not up to me. This is not up to Pastor Amy. This is up to us each individually to do it, to make a decision who we're going to serve, what we're going to be a part of. And we have to just know that there, there, are, there are blessings. And there, consequence sounds a lot bad. People say there's consequences. People think of bad things, but there are good consequences, right? If you start exercising, there's good consequences. Your cholesterol will go down. You know, you, 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 you know all these things, there are good things that happen, good consequences. Well, you just have to make a decision in your life. What are you okay with? What are, you, what are you okay settling with? What, what, what settle? I don't even like the word. Never, I, I, we always told the teenagers all these years, never settle. Never settle. Never settle. Just go after God's best. Never settle. Well, what are you okay with in life? But then as we pray before service, I always say, help me live my life with, with, with purpose, with, with an eye on eternity to live my days well. Because when this life is over, there's more to come. What are you okay with having in the life which is to come? Well, life would just come. We're just going to be a bunch of naked babies and harps, you know, and floating around on clouds. And no, no, that's not the way it's going to be. There's going to be, we're going to rule and reign together with him. There's going to be positions of authority. There's going to be jobs to be done. The law of sowing reaping works everywhere. When you sow to something, you're going to reap. So if you sow into the kingdom of God in this life, do you think you're going to reap in the kingdom of God in the next life? A hundred percent you will. So what are you okay with being? What are you okay with doing? What are you okay with having in in, in the life which is to come? This thought process is something that has driven us and motivated us for years. I don't care what the Lord tells me to do. If he tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. Why? Because there's benefit, there's blessing, there's a reason behind it. And I want to be faithful now, but I want to be positioned later because I was faithful now. And so you just have to make a choice in life. That's all it comes down to. You know, we, we are never going to put pressure on people to do something. 
We will preach the word. We will unashamedly present the gospel. But from that point, you have to decide what are you going to do? Because at the, at the end of the day, you won't stand before me. I can guarantee you when we're waiting that long line to see Jesus, I'm not going to be looking at him like, oh, <laughs> he's going to get that one. I'm not going to do that. I, my, my thoughts, 100%, my thoughts are, that yes, sounds kind of selfish, Pastor Greg. It is. My thoughts are going to be about me, right? I'm going to be thinking about my date, my appointed time to stand before the master, right? You know the best time to start thinking about that is before you get in the line, right? <laughs> before you get in the line, you start thinking about that now because when you're in the line, there's nothing you can do about it. You just can relate back to what you did. Let's think about these things now. Yeah. And so if God's given us a vision for us, there's vision and purpose for every person and it's tied to the body of Christ. Find your place. You say, well, I'm a part of the body of Christ as a whole. That doesn't work that way. The body of Christ as a whole, except through prayer, is not really affecting the planet. It's individual churches that are working together to accomplish a vision. That's what's happening. So find your place. And we talked about that. We have to move on. So God has a place for you. He has a heavenly vision for your life. Aren't you glad? I'm so glad. The minute, the minute that vision God has for me, I just got to get a little excited here, right? The minute that's done, the minute my job is accomplished and I have, I have marked off the list all the things that the Lord had planned for me to do, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, brother, I think of Brother Hagin. He accomplished the will of God. He did what the Lord had told him. He'd always said, if you hear that I'm gone, just know that I got satisfied. Just know that I, I was satisfied with what I did. And I believe Brother Hagin contended for things. He got up one morning, had his favorite breakfast, told Aretha goodbye, and his head just dipped, and he dipped, right? I mean, his head bowed down, and, and he was out of here. You know why? Because when your assignment is done, this is not my home. I said, this is not my home. This is not your home. Listen, don't be so attached to this stuff. It's not going to mean anything. This isn't your home. And if he says, do this, go here, go there. It doesn't matter what it is. This isn't home anyway. I'm on a work trip right now. And when I'm done with my job, I'm moving on to my next assignment. It's going to be in my home area. I'm going to be ready for that, right? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Praise God. So we, want, we got to move on. But anyway. God has a plan for your life. So I want to look, now move on to what's the vision of Impact Family Church? What's our heavenly vision? Anybody interested to know what our heavenly vision is? Now, most of you know the scriptures. And, and most of you can quote the scriptures and, and, and probably quote them at a drop of a hat. That's great. Being able to quote something is great. But understanding it, seeing how you fit into it is something entirely different. You know, when, when we go different places and we travel, go to Africa, you know, maybe to, to, to work with Brother Alan, I, I, my dad doesn't really do this. I do this. I like to, you know, find out the lo- language of the local area, and I try to memorize certain words, you know, and, and, and I, I'll say different things. Like, like when we're in, in, in let's say, uh, you know, Zimbabwe or something, you know, I'll say Muli Bwanji, you know, and, and. Muli Bwanji is basically saying hello. It's Nanja. And I'll learn these different phrases and different things. And, and they, because it blesses them, you know, and, and it makes me, you know, gives us a little bit of connection. Oh, he, he knows a little Nanja. I don't know any Nanja. I'm just parroting some words that I know means, right? Means, hello, how are you doing? But you know you know something when you think in terms of that 
right? Versus just repeating something. If I want to say hello, my brain goes, okay, say hello. And hello is muli buanji. Okay, and then I'll say muli buanji. But I'm thinking, I'm reacting, and my response to them is, is not muli buanji, it's hello. That's what I'm thinking even when I say it. There's a difference between being able to know the vision and quote the vision and see yourself in it and understand it and it be a part of who you are, right? In, in, the, in the effectiveness of it, really has everything to do with that, whether it's just something you can just repeat or something that means something to you and that you're connected to. And so the vision of our church, we're not going to read it yet, but it's in Acts 26, uh, 16 through 18, and we know these verses. But referring back to Ephesians chapter 2 again, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And it's true individually, but it's Equally as true as a corporate body, as a group, we have been created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has an assignment for our church. He has a specific assignment for our church, each person and every individual. And as a side note, we're not called to do what other churches do. Are you called to do what the person next to you is doing? Are you called to do what I'm doing? If we were all the pastor of the church, that would be kind of weird, right? If we were all drummers, if we were all ushers, if we were all of these different things, if, 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 now there's certain things we all share together. There's certain things, prayer and, and, and supporting of the ministry, the gospel, those are things we can all do, but specific things that are given, we can't just be like everybody. And so other churches, we have similarities too, and we do much, many of the same things, but there is a unique call, a unique vision that God has for us. Yeah. And it's unique to this place. Listen, thank God for what's happening everywhere else. Let's never get to the place where we look at other churches and look down at them because they don't do things the way we do it, right? Well, now whether they're doing right or not is none of our business. I said it's none of our business because they're not going to answer. I didn't call them. I didn't set the vision and they're not going to answer to me about it. So it's not my business. If you don't want somebody snooping in your business, stay out of somebody else's business, right? It's called sowing and reaping. So it's not my business and I choose to believe the best. Now, if somebody's doing something the fool and doing something crazy, I can say, okay, that's not right because it violates scripture. Lord, bless them, pray for, you know, pray for them, help them see what they need to see. But I'm going to stay out of the judgment zone because I don't want to reap any of that. I don't know about you just love judgment. I'm not wanting that. So I want to make sure I stay out of that. But, you know, if, you, if you're not careful, we can look at other churches that way. But then we can also start looking at our own church the wrong way. Well, this church is doing so and so. Why aren't we doing it? Because we ain't them. Yeah. Right? It may not be good English, but that's the case. They have to do what God's called them to do. That's, but that Revel, book of Revelation. Jesus appeared to the apostle John. He spoke to the pastors, the angels, the pastors, the leaders of the individual churches. He didn't talk to the church in Smyrna about what the church in, in uh, 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 Laodicea was doing. He didn't reference what they were doing in Ephesus. He talked to what they were doing in Smyrna, Pergamum. He talked to them, Thyatira. He talked to them about where they were. So we have to be concerned with what God has called us to do. We have a specific vision for our church. Now, there's a scripture in, um, and, and let, let's just add a review. When we don't know it, people run wild. We don't want a, a running wild church. We don't, want a, yeah, we don't want a naked church. We don't want no naked churches. We're not a bunch of nudist Christians. We're not doing that, right? We don't want to run into the corner of the doors, church, right? We don't want any of that. No, we want a church that's happy, blessed, and enviable, Right? So make sure we have the vision in front of us. Go with me over to Habakkuk chapter 2. 
This is a, an important set of scriptures here just to read. I believe it will be a blessing to us and help us to, to see the importance. All, all of this, I'm just wanting you to see why this matters for you, for us. And then, and then encourage you. Maybe you'll be challenged. I believe you are. The Lord's dealing with you to find your place. Jump on board with what God's called us to do. But in Habakkuk chapter 2, this is verses 2 through 3. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, though you may not see everything happening right away, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. He said, but write the vision, make it plain on tablets. We should, we should, we should be endeavoring to make this gospel plain. It's the good news. It's not the complicated news, Right? We should be endeavoring to make these things plain and simple. Why? So that people can run with it. Notice action is tied to that. Now, back in those days, they had runners. They would catch the orders from the king, and they would run by, write it really big, really plain. So as they're running by on their mission, they can get, hit the vision and keep going. We need to see the vision. It needs to be clear to us. This is more than just see it with our eyes and being able to, 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 to rattle it off. This is an aha moment. It's part of who we are. If God has called you, to impact family church. And, and God calls people to specific places. He, pl- he puts us in the body where it pleases him. Right? God does not have, you know, uh, just rando, cruisomatic, free-range Christians. There are no free-range Christians. Just eat where they want, peck here, peck there. You know, no, he calls and puts people in specific places. So if he's called you here, you need to see this. It's, you need to have an aha moment for yourself and how you fit here at the church. But he said, make it plain, write it on tablets that they may run who read it. Remember, vision provides stability. It gives direction. It puts boundaries and it sets priorities. And these are things that we're always adjusting, always moving, always moving toward. When you keep vision in front of you, as you're going through life and as you're maneuvering, you keep vision. What's it do? It keeps you centered. Keeps you right where you need to be, right? So our vision of our church, our vision of our church, this is why we exist. My dad, uh, I went back and listened to the, uh, some recordings and he talked about it his last Sunday that he was here. Um, when the transition Sunday, I guess, was the name of that Sunday, uh, April 23rd. And he just began to just talk about the vision and how the vision came about. Now, some backstory, if you weren't here, or or, just as a reminder, you know, the church was uh, a group of folks were meeting together out of a Methodist church, Tuskegee Methodist Church, I believe it was, out in the Fort White area, were meeting together and began to see some things, got a hold of some Brother Hagin material and and decided to start having a Bible study, and there's lots of different aspects of that. But um, they eventually came to the place where they wanted, they left the church they were at and were wanting to, to grow in their faith and my parents were at Rama at the time, and uh, my at the time then it was it's a two year school now. I think you can go four years now, can't you? I mean, it's, it's you can do a lot now. You can go first year, second year, missions, all this stuff. And so uh, back then it was just a started as a one year school. Then they added a second year that was an option. And so my dad decided uh, felt impressed to not stay for second year. All of his friends stayed. Him and my mom and us two kids, my brother and I. Packed up, moved back to, to Florida, you know, didn't have anything going on, had no prospects, nowhere to go, no invitations. But the Lord told him, you need to go back. What is that? That's vision. Yeah. 
you're hearing from the Lord. Some, you, 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 there's some purpose here. You need to do something. And so uh, they, they packed up, moved back. And, and you know the story he said. They got in, he got into town. We unpacked everything. And he didn't know what else to do. So let's go down to the church where they had come out of. And he walked in the door. And the pastor there was on the phone with this group from Fort White. And they had called to say, hey, do you have anybody that could help us out? And he said, actually, one of the guys I was thinking about just walked in the door and handed him the phone. Goes back to, if you're obeying God, he's always right on time, right? That had it been, had they called 20, had my dad been 20 minutes later, might've missed that phone call, but he was right on time, obeying the Lord. Thank God for faithfulness. Thank God for obedience. And so uh, he went and, and, and they started helping with the Bible study and they were calling a pastor and he said, I'm not called to pastor. I'm, I'm just here helping with the Bible study. So eventually he, 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 you know, accepted the position of pa- the pastor of the church. And so years had moved forward. 1986 comes around, and he still wasn't settled on what he was doing. And uh, he had sensed a call to, to travel. And of course, they're doing that now. But uh, he had sensed a call to travel, but wasn't settled, but he's still the pastor. And he realized that, that the Lord was having them stay for a while, but just wasn't sure what to do. So he was taking some time and was at uh, Camp Kalakwa praying, fasting. In this particular set of scriptures in Acts 26 were scriptures that, that had always ministered to him. So he had it laying out on the couch or whatever, the chair there was just meditating on it. And the Lord spoke to him out of these verses and, and just, just, just spoke these verses to him. He said, in, and when he reca- recalled it, he said it was as if the Lord Jesus himself said it to him personally. And it was so strong that he jumped up on his feet. And he stood up quickly at his feet because it, it starts. You can put, put it up. Acts 26, we'll put 16 up uh, first, Jack. He says, but rise, Acts 26, 16, says, but rise and stand on your feet. So when he heard that, my dad actually just jumped up off the couch. And, you know, looking back all these years later, I remember when he came back, this was 1986. He said at the time he was really discouraged and, and just didn't know what he was doing for himself, for the church, just kind of had, he was young in ministry and not sure what's going on. And he said, when the Lord spoke this to him, it gave him purpose. What it was that it was vision. He caught vision for what he was supposed to do at that time. And he said he knew instantly that that was the vision for his life, but it was also the vision for our church. And I remember when he came back, he began to, to minister on it. And it was as if the same thing, there was a stirring in my heart. Yeah, that's the vision of our church. Now, some might say, well, can't you come up with your own vision? It's not mine to come up with, right? It's not my vision to come up with. It's the Lord's vision for our church. Now, if the Lord tarries, what does that mean? If the Lord doesn't come back in our lifetime and Impact Family Church continues on after we're gone, you do realize if Jesus doesn't come back in the next hundred years, most of us are not going to be here, right? Right? I don't want to be here. But anyway, uh, I'm going to do my job and get out of here. But, But if the Lord tarries and he doesn't come back in our lifetime, we're all eventually going to move on and someone will replace us. And so when that time comes, will, will the Lord have a different vision for, for the new pastor? Well, that's between them and the Lord. That's, that's none of my business. That'll be for them to decide between them and the Lord. But, you know, about this, this is still the vision of our church. And my dad has said that this vision, that these scriptures were scriptures that Kenneth Hagin had, had, had the, the Lord had spoken to him specifically and were tied to the calling on his life. And my dad felt that his calling was tied to his. And he said that Kenneth Hagin was his spiritual father. My dad is my spiritual father. I learned everything from my dad. But Kenneth Hagin would be my spiritual grandfather. And then, my, and then Brother Hagin learned these things from the Apostle Paul. So he's kind of all of our great, 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 great grandfathers, spiritually speaking. And um, he said he knew this was the vision for his own life, but for the church. And so it's still the vision for our church. It's still the vision for Impact Family Church. Okay, what's the big deal? You need to hear that from us. He said, you need to hear this from us. 
I know my dad mentioned this before he left. This is the vision. And if he were here that day, he said, you know, specifically, the Lord had told Brother Hagin, teach my people faith. And then later life, he told him to teach my people the move of the Spirit. Because if not, it'll be lost to this generation. And Brother Hagin accomplished that. And if you were here in April, my dad said he felt like they had accomplished that. Well, are we going to start pursuing something different? No, because we're still teaching. People still need faith. We still need to learn and understand how to move with the Holy Spirit. Those things still need to happen. You never move past your foundation. You never move past the truths of God's word. It's still, it's still the vision we have. These scriptures are still the vision God has for us. And so we want to make sure that we are uh, being obedient, as Paul said, being obedient to the heavenly vision. We want to make sure we're still doing that and still pursuing these things. But like I said, you need to hear this from us. And it's 1152, my goodness. All right. I got to go. Um, there's so many, so much in these scriptures. Let's, let's read them all together, Jack. If you have that, let's put it up. It says, but rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. Vision was given right there. There's purpose given. He said to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things I will yet reveal to you. Hold on just a minute. We have seen so much. We need to be ministers and witnesses of these things, not just recipients, but there is a calling on our church to not just witness, but to minister these things. It's a part of our vision. It's not, the, it's not just the vision of the pastors. It's our vision to be a witness and minister of these things that we have seen, faith, authority, all of those things that God has revealed to us and the things that he will yet reveal. There's still more to see. There's other sides of the mountains to look at. I love going to the mountains. Why? Because every view is a little different. Same mountain, different view, different things to enjoy. I love all of it. It's all true. And the good news is the reality is there are people on this side and there are people on that side. Same mountain, but they see it differently from different angles. And we need to, we can move into those things. He's gracing us to do this. I said, he's gracing us to do this. And then it goes on to say in the next verse, verse 17, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Listen, no matter what goes on, we have, remember, it, vision gives stability. Yeah, but things are going crazy today. And they're saying all of these things. I will deliver you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Listen, we don't have to fear. Let's be bold in what the word of God says. Let's be bold in the vision God has given us. He will see us through, Right? Next verse, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. To turn them from darkness to light, to open their eyes. To open men's eyes, the authority of Satan to the power of God. This is our vision of our church. Now, there was a grace on my parents to, to run their leg of the race, so to speak. There was a grace on them to do what God had called. There's a grace when you're pioneering. There's a grace there. There's also grace when you come along behind and, and, and continue moving on. There's a grace for that. Is it going to look just like it always did? No, because grace is different. The vision has not changed, but there is a different grace that's there. Remember, vision sets priority. Vision gives direction. 
right? It sets boundaries. If it, you can say it this way, it, it shades it, it colors it, it defines it. It, it sets what it looks and how it functions. Thank God for where we've been. I'm a product of where we've been. But I also thank God where we're going. Why? Because God was in the past. He's in the future. He's moving us somewhere. And we're going to accomplish this vision. To opening men's eyes from darkness to light. I said earlier, I see these seats filled. I see every one of these chairs filled. Not for the sake of numbers. Rescuing people. This is why we're here. And so is it all just about salvation, Pastor Greg? No, we want to then equip them. We want them to train them, to teach them. You don't have a child just to have a baby. You have a child to raise them and to develop and to grow them. That's our vision. That's who we are as a church. That's what God has for us to do. Guys, I'm so excited about the future holds, what God wants to do in this place. Impact Family Church say, well, I like the way it was. Nothing stays the same. Look in the mirror, right? right? Look in the mirror. Unfortunately, nothing stays the same. I went to my 30th high school reunion not this last summer, and I thought, I walked out, like, who are all these old people? Like, what happened, you know? I realized, well, they saw the same thing they saw me. What happened to Greg? He's sagging, you know, droopy face. What's happened to this guy, you know? Nothing stays the same. The plan of God stays the same. The provision of God stays the same. The grace of God never changes. The faithfulness of God never changes. The need never changes. I said the need never changes. How do I know that? Because we're still here. How do I know the need doesn't change? Because we're still here. If the world didn't need us, we would not be here. Because why? We're not on vacation. We're not... Thank God we didn't pick this as vacation, right? When our home is heaven, right? No, we're here for on a mission, on a purpose. And the fact that we're still here means there's still something to do. I need you to see this. I need you to see this. See this with me. We have something to do. I see these walls coming down. I I see us moving out. I see this church moving outside of these walls. Listen, the church is not this building. The church is not us. You, we are the church. And he's appeared to us for this purpose, to make us, you, me, ministers, witnesses of the things we've seen, the thing, you're going to learn more. But not just mental, you're going to get things you've never even dreamed of, that you've never even seen possible. He's going to show you stuff. It's going to come through us. It'll come through you. It'll come through different ones. God's going to make this happen. But he's making us a minister and a witness. Why? To reach our generation. This is, this is what God is doing here. I said, this is what God is doing. You want to know Pastor Amy and I's heart? I want to reach the lost. I want to reach the lost. I want, well, well, let me stop a second. I want to glorify God with my life, right? And we're never going to take shortcuts. We're never going to, you know, talk, you know, do, you know, happy sermons or just kind of to pacify people. No, we're going to preach the word. I believe, I believe the word of God, I didn't write it. I didn't say it. I can't add to it. I can't change it. And, I, and it's a shameful thing for somebody to do that. I will never do that. I'm going to say what the word of God says. And if it offends somebody, so be it offends them. But I'm going to say it in love, but I'm going to tell you the truth, right? Because anything else is not the truth. I'm actually doing you a disservice, right? We're going to speak the truth. We're going to be bold about these things, but we're going to love our generation. We're going to go after them. What does that mean? Are we going to go to a thousand? We may, we may, we may add five and that's it. 
Well, kind of like died right there, right? Only five. <laughs> Sunday night, y'all. Sunday night, we had a woman reaffirm her faith at service, and a teenager got born again after service. See, well, that's just two people. That excites me. If heaven can rejoice over one, bless God, I'm going to get happy about it, right? You do realize one day you were that one. Look back in your past, you were that one that was reached. Everyone we can get, let's get them. Let's not compromise who we are. Let's not go, but let's not, let's not dishonor the sacrifice. Let's live a life worthy of the Lord, right? But let's be bold in our generation to speak the truth. Let's be bold to do it. He said, God will bring people in. He is still reaping his harvest. We get to be a part of it. So we get to be a part of it. I'm telling you, Jesus comes back tomorrow. I'm going to be so excited about Sunday night. I'm like, hey, Lord, remember, remember just a week ago we had? I'm going to be excited about it. Why? I love that. There was a day that was me. There was a day that was you. Family, friends. Well, I don't know anybody. Your neighbor who's cutting their yard right now, they need Jesus. Right? The people at work, these are, I've, I've asked there, but nobody wants it. Everybody wants the truth. But the God of this world blinds people. That's our job is to present the gospel. Present the truth. Live it. Preach it, right? That's our job. If we'll do this, I tell you, God will meet us. Hey, I'll stand up. We're, we're, we, have to, we have to get out of here this morning. <laughs> we're excited about what God has for us. We're excited about the future. I'm glad we have a heavenly vision as a church. I said, I'm glad we have a heavenly vision as a church. I would just ask you, I know we have some folks that have been here for almost as long as me. People that started attending Faith Christian Fellowship back in 1983. Are you in 82? Oh, Dave and Diane, 1982. Yeah, Mark and Leslie, 1982. You have people that have joined and been a part of this throughout the years. Go back to that, that excitement that you had in the early days for what God's doing in your life. Not just what God's doing in your church, what he's doing through you in your church. What's he's doing in your life? Find that excitement. Find that joy. The best, the best salesperson is a happy salesperson. Remember my example of the, I talked about home and auto if you were here, you know, having the home and auto. I can't get into it now, but I, when I worked in the mortgage business, we sold add-ons, you know, one was home and auto. I love that thing. I sold a ton of them. I didn't do any of the rest, but I sold that. Why? Because I, I enjoyed it. Find the joy in serving God. Find the joy in being in your place. Find the joy in your salvation. (laughs) Find the joy in your salvation, your relationship with God. We've been sent to open men's eyes to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Praise God. I'm excited about that. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for our heavenly vision. Thank you. Thank you for what you've called us to do as a body, as a congregation. Lord, we're so grateful. Lord, we're thankful for the other places and other churches, other bodies that that you've called together. We're grateful for them and what they're doing. Lord, we speak blessing over them. All the churches that are ordained and called by you, we speak blessing over them. Father, provision, everything that they need, money, people, all the things that they need. We thank you for that, Lord. Why? Because it benefits us. It helps us to get the job done. But Father, we agree together as this local church, Impact Family Church, 
We're going to go after your plan. We're going to go after who you are. We're going to adjust and move and, and change things that need to be changed and, and set our heels and set our feet in areas that can never change. We're going to do it, Lord. We're going to obey you. And I thank you that you're going to bring in everything we need. Father, we agree together for lives being changed, a harvest being reaped in our community, in our area. We call them in in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for your help, your direction, your insight, Lord, to do our part. Hallelujah. We'll have every, every bit of it, Lord. We'll, get it. we'll have every bit of it. Hallelujah. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm excited. We're talking to somebody before service, you know, and just talking about all the stuff that's going on and may look like, you know, what God has for us is too difficult in, this, in the climate we're in. We're here in this time and in this climate, in this nation. We're here for such a time as this. We are especially graced to accomplish this vision in our generation. We're graced by God to do it. I'm looking ahead. I have a church that reflects the body of Christ. Glorifying God is going to be awesome. Amen. We do. We're going to continue having it. Amen. Hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.